look forward to retirement and avoid the pitfalls. Keep listening for ways to maximize your retirement income. More Than Money with the Popowich Carmelli Advisory Group, CIBC Woodgundy, on News Talk 770. Lifestyle matters. It's more than money. I'm Faisal Carmelli, my co-host here, Dave Popovich. How you doing, buddy? I'm great, Faisal. Whew. They're uh, opening up. Starting to, yeah. Well, you know, I mean, it, yes, we are opening up locally. Uh, other countries have been opening up at different paces. I think there's lots to learn. There's some frustrations. It's going to be bumpy, right? We're testing. But we're testing. That's what this is. This is not a, that we've got a plan and it's going to be great. It's a test. And, and what the well, province did by opening up the economy in, in places like uh, Edmonton yeah. and not in Calgary yeah. was purely because they're, they're looking at the availability within the healthcare system. Yeah. And we've had a, we, we had a conversation with a mutual friend of ours who, uh, who's in the ICU side of things, and, mm-hmm. and, and the doctor was saying, you know, things are looking good right now. Yeah, yeah the efforts we put in are good. Uh, uh, again, the, it's dynamic. The situation, we've been talking about this for a while whether we're opening our local economy, the national economies, different countries, um, it's all going to be done differently. Everybody has different ideas. The good news about that is there's going to be mistakes made all over the place, and we get to all learn from it. So it's not to say we don't make mistakes locally, but we get to learn from other people's mistakes and do that. So uh, we're going down that path now. That's what we know. You know, Dave, I want to have a conversation with you about um, where things are headed in the markets, because the markets were quite kind of wonky, meaning um, we started seeing some pullback. Well, it's a different phase, right? I'm not sure it's wonky, but it, we'll talk about that. Okay. Okay. Um, because I think that there's some rationale behind what's going on. But we need to understand the different phases, right? It's dynamic. What do you oh, expect? Yeah. Oh, what do yeah. you expect when we get into receiving the bad news that we were anticipating? Anticipating it is one thing. Seeing it is another thing. We'll talk about that in a minute. But stick around, um, stick around in a minute. We've got a great show lined up today. We'll talk about, I'll get to the market stuff in a minute. Isolation is going to be here for a while. For a while. It's not like we can just open up the economy, everybody can go out and do their own thing. Correct. So there are a lot of people who are isolated that may need some help. Yep. Some tools. Yep. And so, you know, if you have loved ones that are struggling with social isolation. Which we both do. Which we both do. Right. There's an app for that. Yeah. Well, technology we talk about, that's right. There's an app, and technology continues to play a role in the solution. And more and more people are willing to use technology now than ever before. Ever before. Got it. So let's talk about that. So we've got members uh, from a local uh, Calgary app developer who has a program that's making a difference in the lives of local seniors. Yep. And uh, we also have some research, my friend. Well, there's long-term research on aging, and we, we do these reports uh, every once in a while and keep abreast of that stuff. But, of course, there's a new, there's a new crinkle in this. And that's COVID. How is that affecting or what can, you know, what are we going to see in the data on the long-term aging? So interested, um, it, it's interesting. You, you want to stick around for that. Um, and then the last thing we're going to talk about, my friend, at the end of the show, and I want, to, I want people to stick around for this, is we've had a ton of questions about all the debt that's being created. And how is this going to affect our taxes? Yeah, and we had, we had a guest last week who was telling us that, you know, the U.S. can have more maneuverability with their debt. Canada, not so much. Right. So what do we do about that? Right. We're going to talk about that. Yeah. How do you plan for that, right? How do you protect yourself against it? Stick around for that. Okay. Let's talk about the word wonky in the markets (laughs) um, because I'm sure that's how people were experiencing it. Yeah. I think when we look at what happened this week, um, the markets are anticipating two different types of data. One, of course, is the economic data. They already know that we're in a recession. They already know 
that the numbers look bad, but when they're better than bad, it's good. Mm-hmm. When it's not uh, what they expect, yeah. <laughs> then it's really bad. <laughs> So that's part of it. And then I looked at all these analysts. And we, we, we work with a whole bunch of analysts, and we get all their data. Yeah, I get lots of research, yeah. And it's, it comes our way. And the interesting part is everybody's basically saying, the market's overvalued. Mm-hmm. Dave, the market is overvalued. Be careful. The market. Okay. okay the market. And, and they're referring to the stock market. Mm-hmm. And let's narrow it down more. They're narrowing it down to the S&P 500. Right. 500 largest companies in the United States. What are they basically saying? Overvalued. Based on what is my first question? Well, based on the earnings. The earnings from the complete uh, shutdown of the global economy? Mm-hmm. Th- those earnings? Because those are next to nothing. Is that what you- Then, of course, it's overvalued. Right. But even if you looked at forward, look at the PE on a forward 12-month basis, tons of uncertainty in there. And they're also looking back. If you took the price sure. today- You'd go trailing the- or forward, yeah. right? Yeah. And they're saying it's overvalued. Right. Okay. So what I haven't found is a report saying if this is really overvalued, that means prices need to come down or restructuring of companies. And one of the key things that's happening very quietly is the cut of dividends. I don't know if it's been quiet. I think you might be too kind. Here here in this country, we've been hearing about it. But I think it's not getting as much attention as it should. And here's why I think it needs to get a lot of attention. When we go back to the financial crisis of 2008, interest rates started to fall Mm -hmm. and fall so low that your retirees, people who are on fixed income or living off their savings, have been accustomed to live off the interest. Right. So you had a GIC paying you 4, 5, 6%. That's a very different scenario than than cash today paying us virtually nothing. Correct. So if you're getting a GIC at less than 2% today you're being forced, in some degree, to take on more risk by investing in the stock market and living off the dividend, which has been a conversation we've been complaining about for the past 10 years, you and I. Yeah, a long time, yeah. The problem is now people are going to start have companies that are going to cut or actually eliminate dividends, and they've been relying upon that for income. Right. And why would they have to cut a dividend? It's because they don't have the cash flow to support it, right? If you turn the economy off and the business can't sell anything, it can't generate revenue, one of the things that they will look at very, very solidly, and the best example of this that we reported on was Royal Dutch Shell, yep. who's had a dividend in place since the Second World War, yep. was forced in this environment, at least according to their board of directors, to cut that dividend so that they can preserve that cash flow to protect the company. Correct. Okay. And if you're going to get some money from the government, because the government just announced they're going to yep. help large enterprises... Mm-hmm. You don't think they might put a stipulation in there saying, right. who are you giving this money to? Right. Dividends, share buybacks. We can, we can got... debate about how the government does this, yep. but that's yep. a different conversation. The impact is many Canadians are forced to live off or have chosen to live off of dividends. And many um, investment strategies are based upon that. Right. So now they could get cut, cut eliminated. Or you've seen a big drop in the value of those stocks and you need more money. Right. So what's the problem with that? You can see capital destruction. Right. So the problem is, is if you needed more money because a dividend was cut or suspended, uh, or even if it wasn't and you just overspent, you may be forced to sell some of the stocks you own in order to get the capital needed to, to cover it. Now, if you sell those stocks... You get less dividends in the future. You get less dividends, that's right. And I like how you said, 
uh, overspent. That's exactly what the problem is. The minute you put yourself to a dividend program, Mm. you are now committing yourself to living within that income, not a penny more. Not a penny more. Because the minute you go over, you have to redeem something, a sale of a share to get more. Right. Okay, I... You and me are different in this situation. I can't live like that. Right. If I have a $25,000 additional expense, I want the money to do it. Right. Long as it doesn't run me out of cash in the future. Yeah. But when you're stuck on a dividend play, yes. you're in trouble. Right. You're in trouble. And I think people need to look at their portfolios today and say, how am I going to handle this um, income strategy in the future? Because it doesn't work. Well, I mean, there's the cracks will be shown right now, and I suppose Huge. that's it. Just you know, make sure you're doing the research to the, the positions that you hold. What's the sustainability of that? Look at it uh, and protect yourself as best you can. If uh, you know if that's a strategy that you've embarked upon, right? And test it and say, okay, yeah. the what ifs. Go through the what ifs. Yeah, 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 exactly. So I think this is um, a quiet conversation that's happening behind the scenes because COVID, vaccine, economy, companies, mm-hmm. financial well-being are all being addressed. No one's talking about the loss of the retirement. And then what does the government do? Here's an extra 300 bucks if you have old age security. Mm-hmm. That'll save you. One time. That'll save you. Right. That's not going to save anything. Right. And if you're on government income supplement, here's another 200 bucks. Right. That's not going to save anything. You have been pushed to take on higher risk and a dividend play, and now the government in general has forced a close down of the economy. And who's going to who's going to take the biggest hit, or who's going to take a big hit? Retirees. Yeah, you bet. Okay, we have to talk about this. Um, you know, we got to put a strategy together to get through all of these periods. Like I said, you said something very interesting. We've been talking about this for ten years. This isn't a COVID story. Correct. Right. This is a this is what we believe. And I often say, Faisal, um, that the way we do things is not the only oh, way to do it. Yep. It's just the only way we do it. And we have very strong uh, beliefs and processes around why that's the case. And we want to talk about that. We just want to educate people about why you know, in this particular topic is important in the broader context of a retirement strategy. And that'll be on Tuesday, May 19th, 7 p.m., live online. This is a webinar that you have to register for. So go to morethanmoneyradio.com. That's more than moneyradio.com to register. How is COVID affecting long-term aging? What are the studies showing us? Stick around for that. You're on 770 CHQR and more than money. Welcome back. You're here with Dave and Faisal on 770 CHQR and more than money. So Faisal, uh, we've done um, lots of shows on interesting research around aging and it's valuable in a, you know, to us and helping us understand what people go through and experience. We got a new little uh, little wrinkle in the ointment here called uh, COVID nineteen. That's right. What effect that this may have? I mean, we know what some of the immediate effects have been for sure. What is it going to do to affect sort of longer term? I'm interested to see what the early research is telling us about that. How it's affecting some of those very long studies that have been in, been put in place. And so we've got a terrific guest to help us understand that today, Dr. Jacqueline McMillan, who's a clinical assistant professor of the Cummings School of Medicine at U of C. And she works in the section of ger- uh, geriatrics. Uh, Jacqueline, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. So let's talk about this uh, study on aging. What are what are we measuring? So what we're doing is um, the Canadian Longitudinal Study on Aging has been around for a number of years, and it's uh, the largest population-based study across Canada with about fifty thousand participants. And so what we've done in the light of COVID 
is retooled what we were already doing. We obviously weren't focusing on COVID before, but since the pandemic has arisen, we've retooled the infrastructure of the study to look at the impacts that COVID is having on our older adults who are part of this study. So we have introduced a survey that's done at baseline and then every every week for a few weeks and then every month to look at what the impact has been of the pandemic on individuals and their lives and their households because we know that this is not occurring in isolation and that it's impacting people much more broadly than just the medical and the health impact. So we know, I mean, we know the most dramatic outcome of how it's affecting seniors for sure. Um, is there any early indications? Like, I'm, I'm curious what you're, what you're measuring, what are you trying to determine with the impact of COVID? What we're looking at with this study is we're looking at many of the socio-demographic and mental health and mm. economic impacts that the pandemic is having on people. So our study certainly asks medical questions. So we ask about symptoms. But then a large part of the study is saying, how has physical distancing impacted you? Has it meant that you aren't able to go grocery shopping or that you're not able to help care for, for instance, if you have an older um, parent in the family who you normally help look after, has that limited your ability to help them? Has it impacted your income or your investments? And looking at all the other things that we know are a part of everyone's life, um, and hopefully it will help us address some of those questions um, that are more um, outside of the realm of the immediate medical consequences. So the the questions that you selected, Jacqueline, are they? Why did you select it in that method? Like why why is the concern when it comes to aging uh, a question about their investments or a question about you know are they going to the grocery store? Like it's it, what, what was the rationale behind asking those kind of questions? I think that what we know and what we've seen over the years is that people's experience with health is uh, not just a reflection of the disease. So it's not just the diabetes that makes life challenging for people. It's the other factors in your life that make you able to tolerate your diseases or live or age with them well. So we know that loneliness is has a huge impact on mortality and morbid, morbidity. And we know that um, access to family and friends has a huge impact on people. And so we wanted to make sure that we're not missing those consequences of the pandemic and that we um, consider some of those factors as we move forward. If we're thinking there may be a second wave, we want to know what are the outside impacts that are in influencing people's um, day-to-day lives. So, so given maybe some of the research around existing like uh, problems like diabetes or whatever the you know whatever the uh, disease state might be that have been around for a long time, do you anticipate, um, or does the early data indicate that there are differences with COVID versus versus others, or can we draw? Do you think we can draw some conclusions about what we're going to expect to see here given other diseases? I think we are going to see differences with COVID. And I think part of it is that for many of us, it has taken over um, much of our day-to-day lives, whether we're following the news cycle or we're watching our family and friends affected. And uh, fear is a powerful motivator. And so we have a lot of fear about getting the illness ourselves or our family members. And so I think it is going to have a much different impacts than other diseases do because people might 
they might not see their family physician or they might not be able to fill their prescriptions or attend the emergency department. And I think that it's going to be an unprecedented impact, unlike other diseases. Jacqueline, do you have any preliminary um, um, information of what the study has told us so far? We do. We've been very fortunate that our CLSA participants are very um, engaged with the study. And so we've had over 25,000 responses to the survey already mm-hmm. across Canada. So we've had a great response rate. Um, we are seeing that certain regions are more or less engaged in responding. So um, early early results are saying that people in Montreal really want to tell us stuff. And so you, it does beg the question is, is that because they've been differently impacted than those of us in Alberta? Um, we're seeing some early data about the impacts of social distancing, so people not being able to um, maybe get some of the needs that they have day to day, whether it be groceries or things. So we're certainly seeing some really interesting early results. So, okay, <clears throat> that makes sense to me that, um, you know, this is a different disease state in the sense that we've got to stay apart. And it's- I would have thought it would have just accelerated what already happens. What do you mean? So someone going through a disease, let's use diabetes as our example, there's been issues when it comes to financial and, and um, loneliness, fear, everything that they're already feeling, you're just accelerating it because now you're in, in the COVID crisis. Mm. That's what I would have thought would have come out of it as, as opposed of now we're seeing differences from what we've seen in the past. Yeah. Make sense? Well, yeah, I, it's not surprising to me that the differences would be related to being isolated in the sense that if you got diabetes, you're not worried about giving it to somebody else, right? You, COVID means we've got to stay apart. It's affected me, I can tell you. So I can only imagine, and I think about my mom, and we've yep. talked about your dad, but my mom's yep. in a care facility where she's effectively on lockdown, yeah. right? Um, in that facility, your dad's on his own, but he's still feeling isolated because sure. people are afraid to go see him for fear that you might infect him. And yeah do real real damage there. So that makes sense to me, right, that that would happen. But my question, Jacqueline, just before we finish up, is there any surprises that has come out of the data so far? One of my favorite surprises is um, people's resilience. And one of the last questions asks about, has it, there been anything positive? And some of our respondents have said things like, the newfound time to do hobbies so things like gardening or reading more and i think it just speaks to how resilient we are and how wonderful it is to see people able to refocus and um and see something some sort of light and and know that this will pass and that there will be some lots of learning that comes from it Okay, we're going to have to leave it there, but I appreciate um, I appreciate you spending some time with us, and uh, we'll check back with you on the research. Um, Jacqueline, thank you very much. Oh, my pleasure. Take good care. You too. We've been joined by Dr. Jacqueline McMillan. She's a clinical assistant professor at the Cummings School of Medicine here at the U of C in the section of geriatrics. Now, she said something very interesting, Jacqueline did at the very end, Faisal, which we have to talk about at our seminar, but she talked about lifestyle. So mm-hmm. this gift of time that we've talked about, but ultimately yeah. it's a lifestyle, right? So what one of the common themes and when I talk to people about the impact of COVID, there's good, bad, and ugly for sure, but it's this idea of lifestyle, how I'm spending my time, the things I'm doing. Yeah. And and some of that stuff people are talking about, I want to stay this way, right? So my I've adjusted my lifestyle. It could be a new hobby or whatever it is. I want to keep that or the pace has changed. I want to keep that. Correct. Right? 
But lifestyle, whatever that answer is, is is the critical component of what we talk about at our at seminars. Yeah, when you're when you're looking at changing or you want to have a certain type of lifestyle, can you financially afford that lifestyle yeah. for the rest of your life? Right. And that's the strategy we're going to talk about yeah. on Tuesday, May nineteenth, seven p.m. live online. This is a webinar that you need to register for. So go to morethanmoneyradio.com. That's morethanmoneyradio.com to register. One of the problems that Jacqueline spoke about and we've spoken about before in the current environment is people are isolated. They can be alone. There's problems with that. If you want to learn how to help and you have a loved one in that situation, stick around after the break. You're on 770 CHQR and More Than Money. Welcome back. You're here with Dave and Faisal on 770 CHQR and More Than Money. Uh, we're going to talk about um, seniors and technology again because, uh, Faisal, you and I both believe very strongly that this is a big part of the solution, not just because of COVID and isolation, but because of of, you know, some of the, just the nature of what happens when we age. Let me look back a few years ago. We had a conversation about isolation of seniors. This is well before COVID. And um, we were talking about there needs to be more and more technology or some sort of tools that people who are isolated, that can, they they can use that. Yeah. Fast forward now the COVID crisis and out comes a, of course, an app. Of course. Of course, an app. Uh, technology. And some different types of technology to help seniors as they're going through, or reduce senior isolation, I think, is the best way to do it. So we've got uh, two members, two guests on we've our show. we got a one-two punch today. That's right. We've got Larry Matheson, CEO of the Kirby Center, and Peter Zhao. He's the co-founder of this new app that we're talking about called Anabot. I hope I pronounced that right. Of course you pronounced it right. Larry, Peter, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for well, having us. Larry, let's start with you. Uh, you're the CEO of the Kirby Center. Maybe just tell us a bit about the Kirby Center and its uh, its mission. Yeah, we well, we run a number of programs. We're we're located downtown uh, near Moata Armory, and uh, a lot of our programs are really geared at helping seniors live better and longer and happier and healthier. And uh, you know, a, a lot of what we do in our regular day to day world is geared towards reducing the effects of isolation for seniors and building community. And uh, the time we find ourselves in right now, uh, that has taken a whole different, um, well, essentially it's turned our business on its head. Um, So a little while ago, our team started working with Peter, and this sounded like such a neat idea and uh, a good thing. And all of a sudden, come March in Alberta, and uh, not only is it now a neat thing, it is a important uh, piece of our, uh, our, our, I suppose, our arsenal to fight isolation. So, Peter, let's throw that to you now. Tell us about this, uh, this new neat feature that uh, Larry's talking about. Well, uh, we like to think it's new and neat, but it's really, we try to make it simple. Uh, and what works for seniors. When we embarked on this journey, one of the key things we found was technology was difficult. And, you know, as we sort of evolved and looked at what are some of the challenges uh, in the field of geriatric studies, isolation and loneliness kept on resurfacing. And there are volumes of publications that comes out talking about the long-term health impacts, such as increased risk for heart disease. And we really, really thought, you know, why not create a community buddy system and put behind it some of these interesting software features that really allow people to thrive whether you're at home or you live with a family member and so we created AnnaBot and what Anna is is a cross-generational community buddy system that leverages voice-assisted software technology 
to bridge a senior to a community hero. And what that pans out to for a user is that to begin with, they can socialize uh, with the community hero, uh, get to know each other, build a rapport. And just from that alone, uh, just from this week, I had a few seniors, over 24 hours, they've already started to feel better. Hmm. And going forward, the community heroes could guide them to hold their hands through simple things like taking small steps, like going outside for a small walk or, you know, talking to other people, joining creative activities and fun things to do at home with a simple interface. And with that, we're not only able to point them to the right type of community resources and hubs, but also to build their awareness for the social services and activities that are around available to them. So, Peter, you're gonna you got to dumb this up for me a little bit. So, so it, how does this de- this technology get introduced to a, to a senior? What would be like, what's your experience? What would be required in order for them to make this happen and be be connected? You know, luckily we've made it really really simple. So, what they need in terms of experience is just aware of how the internet works and how a smartphone works. Uh, Anabot is a iOS and Android mobile application. They can yep. simply download on their uh, on their mobile devices. And all it is, uh, if I had a visual, I'd love to show it to you. But it's a giant red button on the screen, and they will just click it. It's almost like a live, real-time voice messaging, uh, you know, messaging service. They click it, record their message, and our volunteers gets right back to them. And how does it get connected to these community heroes, as you call them? And is that a volunteer position? Who's involved? Uh, currently, it's just myself and my co-founder, Ryan. Yep. So we're the two that's uh, trying to steer things forward, putting a positive spin on all the interactions we create. But uh, going forward, we have a lot of people and our advisors, including some folks from the U.K. as well as the U.S., who access these community heroes as well. Gotcha. So, so Larry, how does the Kirby Center fit into all this? Well, you know, we uh, we were looking at uh, expanding our uh, our tool our toolkit and our strategies to reach out to uh, seniors beyond uh, this building, beyond being here, and uh, so we are quite interested in uh, in this project. But one of the places where we kind of beta test with uh, with Peter was in our our uh, elder abuse shelter. And one of the things we really liked about the app was the, the option to be anonymous. And so we thought, well, this is a, a really neat uh, tool for all the seniors we serve, but even uh, the smaller group that we serve at our, our shelter, for, for other reasons, they, they may have particular uh, security and um, other uh, reasons why they would want to be anonymous. But that, that option was very attractive to us. So we we were quite excited to be involved in in helping with the testing of the app. Larry, some anecdotal uh, mm-hmm. responses would be great. What have some of your your constituents basically have come back and said? How how are they how are they feeling with this this new app? Well, you know, I mean, from like a from a research perspective, we know that like even loneliness and isolation. There's lots of research that that connects with. Uh, poor health outcomes and and early mortality and so on, but I think one of the things that has has really become very uh, salient to us during you know the last two months has been how 
profound the and how profoundly painful the effect of isolation is. And so, I mean, even in the other things we do, like our call outs and our Zoom classes and, and so on, and, and many of these applications are brand new to us. Um, but that is the repeated message we get from seniors. It's like, you know, we're in this in this situation where we're very alone and we're very isolated, and it's and it's frightening. And to be able to have someone in the elder abuse shelter who has other reasons to be feeling alone and isolated and scared um, to say, yeah, this this made my day. Um, you know, is is huge for us, I suppose. Peter, um, you've mentioned this before, but there are a lot of people who listen to this show that may be um, themselves isolated or have loved ones. How do they uh, find the app, and and uh, and how how easy is it to use? Uh, it's a great question. So I would I would say uh, to find the app, uh, if they know how to navigate the Apple App Store, they could simply type in Anabot, and they could find it. Uh, they can also contact the Kirby Center. Uh, for additional information, uh, as well as uh, contacting us directly at anabot.ca. And the use is really simple. We made a quite streamlined onboarding process where it just guides people through through audio, uh, what the app is, how you can use it. And every day we're making iterations, taking the user feedback into making it simpler and simpler and more robust. Peter, Larry, I want to thank you both for joining us today. Uh, it's been a it's been a pleasure and uh, great work. Thanks, Brent. Thanks, Thanks so much. I've been joined by Larry Matheson, who's the CEO of the Kirby Center, and Peter Zhao, co-founder of a company called Anabot, and uh, and the application we've just been discussing. Um, it all boils down to lifestyle. It all boils down to your own lifestyle and your extended family's lifestyle. Yeah, and you know that feeling of isolation can be very difficult. And many Canadians, even before and during COVID, yeah. when you're entering retirement, mm-hmm. you're looking at your financial situation. You're like, you feel alone in this. You feel isolated, as if nobody else is going through. And that's right. why we built our entire practice right. to become, you know, retirement transition specialists. And we're going to have our seminar on how to bulletproof your retirement, make sure you have the income, the lifestyle that you want, and we're going to be doing that on Tuesday, May 19th, 7 p.m., live online. This is a webinar. You have to go online to morethanmoneyradio.com to register. That's morethanmoneyradio.com to register. Are increased taxes due to all the new spending going to affect you and your retirement? Stick around after the break. We'll talk about that. Uh, You're on 770 CHQR and More Than Money. Welcome back. You're here with Dave and Faisal on 770 CHQR and more than money. Faisal, over the past number of weeks, one of the, probably the most common question I've had from people is, uh, oh boy, what's going to happen to taxes? Are my taxes going up? You know, we got to pay for this debt somehow. What, yep. what happens to my taxes? How is this going to impact me? Um, now, I think it's important to say that uh, there have been no new taxes announced at this particular point. In fact, Morneau said we're not worried about raising taxes at this point in time. That's right. Uh, but we know that we are adding to the debt quite substantially. Correct. Okay. And uh, and the question is a valid one. Correct. Okay. So let's talk about that. Um, so can I just jump in here? First of all, we've had all this quote-unquote stimulus. I don't call it stimulus myself, but that's the word they're using um, to help individuals, businesses, so on and so forth. Yeah. That's the first thing. It's not over. Dave, this is not over. There's going to be more money coming out. Yeah. There's no way you can just do what you've done so far from the from the government perspective, federal, provincial, local, whatever it may be, 
and they and say, okay, we're good. Right. There are people going to lose their jobs. Businesses are going to be shut down, irregardless of all this "quote unquote" stimulus yeah. coming out. Yeah. So there's more money going to be made. Right. There's more money going to be printed and pushed into the economy. And now we've got a problem. Now our problem is there's going to be a huge debt. One trillion dollars is the number that's being floated around here in Canada. How do we pay for it? How do we pay for it? And there are two to three ways. Maybe you can think of some more. Sure. One, you got to cut expenses. You okay. got your revenue coming in, so you got to cut expenses. Okay. Number two, you got to raise revenue. Right. And you can raise revenue in two formats: raise taxes or increase the economy, and mm-hmm. you get more tax revenue from that. Mm-hmm. Or number three, sell some assets. Mm-hmm. Those are three things I can think of. Maybe you've got some other ideas. Mm-hmm. We don't know how they're going to pay for this. We don't know when they're going to pay for this. What I think with a trillion dollars of debt, my unborn grandchildren are going to be facing this kind of issue. Yeah, it's a multi-generational problem. Absolutely. Right? There could be a devaluation of currency and pay with deflated. But there's a theme. Oh, yeah, there's a theme. There's a theme prior to this COVID crisis from the last election and two parties in general came on board with their platform and said, we are going to tax people who have money. Right. Either you have assets. Yeah, that's been the theme for a while. Now, or right? you have income. That's right. We're coming after you. Both of them. Yeah. One thing that was put on the table in the election was increasing capital gains tax yeah. for individuals. Why? Because they already know that only 10% of Canadians actually claim a capital gain. Right. So you're hitting those people only, which generally, according to the government, are wealthy individuals. Right. So that's number one. There are mechanisms in place right now. They're trying to tweak that. They're going after businesses. They've increased the amount of money that the CRA can use to investigate individuals and businesses. They're coming. They're coming. So now what do we do? Right. Even though we don't have any change in policy yet, there are planning strategies that you and I are working on with our clients right now. Yeah. That only become more important, right, given what you've just said. This is not stuff as a result of COVID and the crisis. Yeah, and the, it enhanced the importance of right. it. Absolutely. But it enhances the importance of it. And so anybody in that, in that group um, that has high income or assets better start thinking about how they're going to hold on to that. Who else do they go after? No, they don't. They can't. There's nobody. Right. That's it. There's one group. It's the baby boom generation. And, and within that baby boom generation are the ones who have accumulated enough assets. Right where they're making a lot of income or income right. from those assets. Right. And now they're going to come after you. Right. So there are a couple of ideas that I think we should talk about. Okay. Again, anything that we're discussing now needs to be given through tax advice and tax information has to be reviewed by an independent tax advisor because I don't want you thinking this is as, as recommendation. Yeah. But these are the things that you and I, well, mainly me because I have no life, talk about <laughs> this stuff all the time with you. Because I think it's going to be important. If we can save money in people's pockets, that's less stress they need in their portfolios to reach their goals. Right. Higher probability of success. Right. Okay. Number one, quietly the government talked about a change coming up in the third quarter of this year. That they're changing what's called the interest rate that's owed on a prescribed rate loan. First, let's talk about what a prescribed rate loan is, Dave. Okay. So... So if you have, uh, if you're a couple, as an example, and the assets that have been accumulated over your lifetime predominantly have been acquired in the name of the person who has generated the most earnings and savings, yeah. okay? Um, 
you may have a very inefficient tax situation in the respect that uh, the savings that you have that is generating dividends or interest or capital gains is all being taxed in the hand of one person. Yes. Right? That high-income earning person. Correct. Okay? Or in the event that you're both retired, in just one person's hands. The, the way that you can shift that, uh, that burden uh, or some of it to the other spouse is by way of a loan. You loan those assets to, the, to your spouse or your partner. Now, that spouse or partner then has to pay an interest rate on it. Mm -hmm. And that interest rate is defined by the government, okay, by the CRA. Hence prescribed. Prescribed. That's right. Now, um, about a year ago, we, we had a very long stretch of, of low interest rates where the prescribed rate was at its minimum amount of 1%. So I loan a million dollars to my partner, right? That partner has to pay me 1% of that million dollars, $10,000 a year in interest income, which I have to claim. And my, all my income tax. And everything, anything that accrues to that $1 million gets taxed in their hands, Okay. That's been around forever. This is not in the gray. It's not new. <laughs> it's not new. It's not COVID-related. Okay. Yeah, correct. Uh, the interest rate doubled. It went up to 2% as interest rates uh, uh, went up. Yep. It is now coming back down in the third quarter to 1%. That's a $10,000 savings in interest income that you'll have to ch claim on your income tax. I'll tell you what's going to happen. There are a lot of people who do not even take up this opportunity. Right. And there's going to be a lot of people who don't even know about the interest rate change, and they can do something different about it. Correct. So there's there's two the, the the people that are affected there are you have to be in that situation right one a assets and one one person's name shifting, okay that's the proper legal way to do it. There'll be people that have it in pl place already at the one percent that's for life nothing to do for life Amazing. for life forever no matter how high interest rates go. There are some people that put prescribed rate loans in place at the two percent, you know in the or higher it, in yeah, the past yeah or, or higher in the past. You can look at refinance pay that loan back refinance it at one percent bring that cost down. Correct. There are people that don't even know about it. That ha are they in the problem? Can take advantage of it now. I, we only have a couple minutes, so we'll, we'll finish this one piece up. I know we have a lot more okay. tax ideas. Yeah. But let me just finish this one piece up, Dave. There is, in my view, an increase in tuition costs happening. Okay. Okay. Uh, these are these are boomers or or parents whose children are going to post secondary education, and there is some sort of funding happening from the parents. And what they do is they earn their income, they pay their tax, they invest that money, they pay their tax, and they give that money to their children. This prescribed rate loan is another way that you can earn income in the child's hands while they go to post-secondary, and you can eliminate the tax man completely out of the system based on this strategy, and that means more money to going to post-secondary education that is at a higher cost in the future because tuition's going up. Mm -hmm. I've never heard that any government saying tuition's going down and we're going right. to enforce that. It's going up. Right. So how do you cover these costs? This prescribed rate loan's another way. Caring for an aging parent, prescribed rate loan. Right. Like there's so many uses of this program. You need to sit down with your financial team, your tax team, and get this sorted out. There's a huge opportunity to save on taxes that's been around for years. Right. This is not decades. New. Yeah. So let's utilize this. This is something that was quietly done while this whole COVID crisis is. Our job is to bring that information out to all of you. Uh, if you want more information, you can you can come to us and we will we'll share that with you. One of our articles that we put together, our website is morethanmoneyradio.com. Just contact us. Say you want that article. I'll get that information out to you. What if you have money left at the end of the day, right? You, you're one of those families who have acquired wealth. Now you've done your prescribed rate loan or whatever you've got to do to make sure it's, it's tax efficient in your lifetime. What about upon death? Yeah. Well, welcome to another tax problem. Right, another tax problem. And it's a serious tax problem that could get worse. Not saying anything's been announced, but it could get worse. In that particular case, there are strategies relevant, advanced tax planning strategies relevant to doing that, to the transition of wealth, to kids, grandkids, 
other beneficiaries. And this is why the total wealth strategy that we take on is very important to individuals as they transition to and live in retirement. It's not just a stocks and bonds conversation. Nope. It is tax. It is health. It's passing on assets to, the, to your loved ones when you've when you've passed away. There's a whole bunch of problems, concerns, and issues and risks, and we're going to talk about that on Tuesday, May nineteenth, seven p.m. live online webinar. Mm-hmm. You need to register. So go to morethanmoneyradio.com. That's morethanmoneyradio.com to register. And not only will we educate you about that process and those issues. Faisal, my, the, my, my favorite part of the webinar, or what was the seminars, is it's the Q&A at the end, right? You, we open it up, and everything is fair game. Any question you have is fair game, and I find that very interesting in terms of the types of questions we get. Okay, on that note, we hope to, uh, to speak to you soon and see you soon. Um, but I want to thank you for joining us for another edition of More Than Money on 770 CHQR. We look forward to chatting with you next week. David Popovich and Faisal Carmelli are portfolio managers and investment advisors with CIBC Woodgundy in Calgary. The views of David Popovich and Faisal Carmelli do not necessarily reflect those of CIBC World Markets, Inc. Clients are advised to seek advice regarding their particular circumstances from their personal tax and legal advisors. If you are currently a CIBC Woodgundy client, please contact your investment advisor. CIBC Woodgundy is a division of CIBC World Markets, Inc., a subsidiary of CIBC and a member of the Canadian Investor Protection Fund and Investment Industry Regulatory Organization of Canada. David Popovich and Faisal Carmelli are portfolio managers and investment advisors with CIBC Woodgundy in Calgary. The views of David Popovich and Faisal Carmelli do not necessarily reflect those of CIBC World Markets, Inc. Clients are advised to seek advice regarding their particular circumstances from their personal tax and legal advisors. If you are currently a CIBC Woodgundy client, please contact your investment advisor. CIBC Woodgundy is a division of CIBC World Markets, Inc., a subsidiary of CIBC and a member of the Canadian Investor Protection Fund and Investment Industry Regulatory Organization of Canada.